If you enjoy these speakers, please consider joining many of them at the annual OA Birthday Party Convention this January 12th through 14th at the LAX Hilton in sunny Los Angeles. This event includes a big book workshop, speakers, marathons, and panels with OA members from around the world, many with over 20 years of abstinence. Registration is just $45 through Thanksgiving. The LAX Hilton is a four-star hotel and the OA rate for up to four people per room is just $127 per night. There is a hotel shuttle so you don't even need a car. If you're interested, please visit oabirthday.com for further details. Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Jessica. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm an anorexic, bulimic, compulsive overeater. Hi, I will not swear. I will not swear. I will not swear. Um, thank you all uh, for having me here. Um, I'm very jealous of um, uh, the, the chip taker who com- came up because she got to swear. No, we get to. Uh, and I will do my best uh, to not. Um, and, uh, um, yeah, so anywho. Um, so just a couple little um, uh, things that a lot of people like to know. Um, I have uh, been abstinent in this program for about uh, nine years and change. Um, I came in uh, and, and came in in March 8th of 2008, uh, and I've been abstinent ever since. And uh, I was introduced to this program back in 1995, uh, but I did not stay and I was not ready. And I wasn't ready in, until I came back uh, nine years ago. But, um, but the seed was planted and I knew that you guys were here waiting for me. Um, I, uh, what it was like for me was I did everything in my power that I possibly could to get and stay thin. Um, that meant that I um, exercised as much as I possibly could. I spent about uh, three to five hours in the gym every day, ran five miles a day. Um, I um, uh, was, when I was in high school, I was part of every sport that you could possibly be a part of. And I um, threw up my food. I uh, didn't eat. I um, did everything, everything you possibly could uh, to get and stay thin. Um, I did drugs. Uh, Drugs were my favorite means of being skinny because uh, when, you know, when I was on cocaine or speed or heroin, I wasn't hungry. And it worked out really well for me for a while. Um, And then it didn't didn't work out so well. I um, 
probably should have came to this program back in 1995, but as I told you, I wasn't ready at that point. Um, in about 1995, I was probably at the, at the height of my anorexia, um, so outwardly, it was the worst, I think, probably, that my disease looked. Um, I would, uh, uh, I wasn't eating. I was about, oh, I don't know, I don't weigh myself anymore, but probably about 50 pounds less than I weigh now. And I was passing out at school. I was not going to school. Um, I, I went in the afternoon because the afternoon had, uh, um, was my afternoon class? My afternoon class was, um, theater. So I went to that class, but my uh, hard classes were in the morning, so I just slept through those and came later, and I almost didn't graduate. I, um, uh, it, it was, it was pretty bad, pretty big, pretty bad. Um, and what I mean by that is that it got to the point where I really, um, I just couldn't stop, or rather I couldn't start eating, and I um, just wanted to be less. I just wanted to be less. And I would get on the scale all the time, all the time, constantly. And um, and I and whatever that number said, I just wanted to be less, less than that. I um, uh, got to the point where I didn't know what else to do. Um, and I couldn't stop, as I said. And I didn't really see another way out. So um, I grabbed... Uh, uh, in the middle of the night, I went out and I grabbed my father's gun. And I put it in my mouth. And I remember it was really heavy and it was really cold. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And I asked, I told my parents that I had this eating disorder and I needed to help. And um, my father knew somebody who was in this program, and he had me uh, meet with her and sit with her. And I went to my first meeting, and uh, I, th I remember thinking that maybe there's hope. Maybe there's another way. But I didn't keep going. I wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready. I knew that I needed it, but I, didn't, I just wasn't willing enough. And uh, so I was 17 at that time, and I, and I went on another 13 years before I came into this program. And um, uh, I got pretty bad on everything to the point where um, uh, I hurt my leg, uh, my knee, um, from working out all of the time, and I... I had a, a little accident playing volleyball, a little accident. I went down to spike the ball, and when I came down, my knee bent sideways instead of the regular way, and I tore uh, my ligaments, and I kept running on it and running on it for years, and I no longer have ligaments today. Um, I just wanted to um, I just wanted to be thinner. I just wanted my thighs to be smaller, and it's funny because um, I remember – well, funny. Uh, I remember I went to the doctor and the doctor said, you cannot run anymore. You can't. And I was so uh, angry at him that I left his office and I went and I ran five miles. And um, uh, 
I no longer have any ligaments anymore today in my uh, right knee. And the doctor said to me uh, when I went uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, said to me that it's um, amazing that I'm even able to walk. And he said that the only reason I am able to walk is because I have these big muscular legs. So the thing that I was trying to get rid of this whole time, the thing that I destroyed um, my body over trying to uh, make smaller uh, is the reason why I can even walk. Um, when I came into this program, I um, my life was not what I wanted my life to be at all. Uh, otherwise, I probably wouldn't have come into this program. <laughs> And um, I remember that when I came in, I, <coughs> excuse me, when I came in, I had thrown up so much um, and treated myself uh, so, with so much destruction that um, I was diagnosed uh, a few years before I came in with uh, Crohn's disease. And if you guys don't know what that is, it's like a ulcer in your intestine. And I remember my doctor said, uh, it's never going to go away, and it's just going to get worse. That's what he said. It's never going to go away, and it's just going to get worse. And I came into this program um, back in 2008, and I got a sponsor, and I started working the steps, and I started doing the tools. And I went back to see my gastroenterologist, like, five years ago or whatever it was to get a checkup and I had um, uh, um, what is it called uh, the thing where they stick the tube in your thank you uh, I had a colonoscopy um, just to check and make sure uh, and see what was going on <clears throat> if anything and uh, it's gone it's completely gone and the only thing that's changed between then and now is this program that's the only thing that's changed. Um, the only thing that's changed between uh, when I was running literally myself into the ground and now um, it, that I can walk is this program. You know, this program taught me how to take care of me and to show up for you. Um, when uh, I came in, um, I was in relationships with um, not 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 good relationships and they were very destructive and they were very abusive and when I came in I didn't have um, all of my teeth. My two front teeth were um, not there anymore. Uh, they, uh, my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time had um, uh, knocked them out um, and uh, you know not all his fault completely. Um, I wasn't like the best of person to be with. One, two, um, I'm sure that throwing up all the time didn't really help my enamel be very strong. And the drugs that I did uh, probably didn't help with that either. Um, but when I came into this program, I had, I had no two, my two front teeth were, were gone and the rest of my teeth were completely messed up. Um, when I came into this program, uh, because of the other, uh, and obviously I have teeth now. <laughs> you guys can't see that. <laughs> um, but um, uh, when I came in, I um, 
because of a, a result of my behavior around the drugs and all of that stuff, I had 14 felonies. 14. I don't even have enough fingers for that. Uh, 14 felonies, and I couldn't leave the um, couldn't leave the uh, county without permission. Um, I had to, you know, check in every day, and I. Um, uh, uh, had to go give a urine sample when they called me in, and I had to um, meet with a probation officer and do all of this stuff and show up to court, and for three years it was. And uh, I can tell you today that I no longer have any felonies, and I am a contributing member of society, and I can walk into any place and any uh, establishment and any... Um, at a store um, with my head up and I couldn't I couldn't do that before wasn't even allowed to walk into certain stores um, and the only reason uh, I even am able to have the teeth that I have today um, is because I did uh, the work um, so that it I could get my felonies expunged, you know, to the, the showing up, the um, uh, being humble, the getting um, out of my way and doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, and the reason why, uh, I know it kind of doesn't make any sense to have that those two tied together, but they're tied together in my head because I got my teeth fixed in Mexico and I wasn't allowed to leave the county. And I had to go down to Mexico like once a month, uh, sometimes every other week, um, to get um, teeth work done. And it took a couple years, but um, but I was able to go because and, and get this done because I no longer am a felon, um, which is pretty cool. And again, the only thing that has changed between then and now is this program. Um, I don't wake up in the morning. I'm not. I'm just not one of those people that wakes up in the morning wanting to do step work. I just don't. I, I know that there, those people exist, but I'm not one of them. I don't wake up in the morning and say to myself, "Ooh, I'm going to do a fourth step," or "I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to work on my sixth and, and seventh step," or whatever it is that I need to work on or do a fear inventory or anything like that. What, um, basically for me, what it is, is that I do the work when it hurts enough, you know, and I know that when I first started this program, it hurt enough. Um, I remember uh, I went to my first meeting and, um, uh, and I just wanted help and I was willing to do whatever it was that you guys told me to do I just wanted help and I also remember it being really really hard um, to back up just a little bit uh, when I was um, when I had all those felonies I had to do some time in jail and um, but I wasn't done with the throwing up uh, so I was actually uh, vomiting in my in my cell, and which is you know I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to jail, but there's a toilet like right there that they put there just for me so that I could throw up whenever I wanted to, 
And, <laughs> uh, um, but when I went to jail that last time, I was done with the drugs and the alcohol. I was finished. Um, just, I was ready. And uh, I wasn't ready to deal with this yet. Um, and I was uh, sentenced to 57 days and six months in a rehab and three years of probation that I told you guys about. And I remember after 57 days, I walked into the courthouse and the judge, um, uh, it came time to, for uh, me, to, me to come up. And the judge said, okay, it's been 15, 57 days. Uh, we can release you and you can go, go find yourself a rehab and let us know where you are. Or you can go back to jail and we'll pick you up. We'll find you a rehab and we'll pick you up from there. And uh, I say this just to, to show you guys how much I really wanted to stop doing the other thing um, because I, uh, I, I opted to go back to jail. And he asked me, because he seemed quite surprised by that, and he turned and he asked me, uh, uh, why? Why do you want to go back to jail? And I said, because I don't trust me. I don't trust me, and I don't want to go back out. I need to go straight from the jail to the rehab. I need to go straight from this holding place to get help. And, uh, and so he, he sent me back to jail, and I stayed there for another two months. And uh, they picked me up, and I went to a rehab. And in that rehab, I was still throwing up. And um, it got to the point where I knew that uh, if I didn't deal with my eating disorder, I would go on another Coke um, diet once again. And so I had to deal with this, and I needed help, and I couldn't do it on my own. I just couldn't. So I confided in a roommate, uh, my roommate, and I uh, told her that I was throwing up, that I'm bulimic, and I need help. I can't stop. And she says to me, don't tell anyone. She says, if you tell anybody, you're going to get uh, kicked out of this place, you're going to violate probation and you're going to go to prison. And I was like, okay. And, um, but I couldn't stop throwing up and I needed help. And I wanted to stop because I didn't want to go on another Coke diet. And so I um, went to my counselor and I was talking with her during one of our sessions. And uh, I told her that um, I'm bulimic and I can't stop throwing up and I need help. And she said, don't tell anyone. She said, if you tell anyone, they'll kick you out and you'll violate probation and you'll go to prison. And I said, okay. And we had these groups, right? And um, we would meet uh, for these classes, these groups, every day. We would have this whole agenda. And um, I remember I was sitting in one of the groups, and the facilitator says, does anybody want to talk about anything today? So I stood up in front of, I don't know, 20, 30 people, and I said, I can't stop throwing up. I need help. So he sent me to the office. 
And the director of the program said, you have to stop throwing up. We're going to get kicked out. And you're going to violate your probation. And you're going to have to go to prison. And I said, I need help. So they started helping me. And they started looking in different, all kinds of different places and um, uh, help groups and support things. And my counselor found OA. And she said, you can go there. Um, why don't you try this place? And they found an outpatient eating disorder um, program for me. And they said, uh, why don't you call them up? and see if you can go there too. And so, um, so I did. I figured uh, OA was better than prison. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went to my first meeting uh, and, then, um, and then I went to another meeting. And at that second meeting, I met this lady who was willing to take me out on pass to meetings. And uh, she would uh, pick me up and take me out to meetings. And I remember my, it was my 10th day abstinence. She took me to this meeting down in Costa Mesa. And it was um, a women's anorexic bulimic meeting. And uh, she, um, my, she would call it the, uh, the, the, the pretty girls meeting because everybody there was pretty, and, um, and, uh, and they were, everybody there was pretty, and so she took me there, and I remember it was my 10th day, and I sat there, and I looked around, and everybody looked so nice, and so um, much in a better place than me, and I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't, and it felt so bad that I couldn't, and I wanted to do it so bad, and I just couldn't. So it got to my time to share, and I told them, I said, I'm so sorry. You guys are so nice, but I can't. I just want to throw up one more time. Please, can I just throw up one more time? And so I went back to my uh, rehab, and I talked with my counselor, and I told her, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And she was in another program, and she had, like, I don't know, 12 years in that program. Like, I didn't even imagine somebody having 12 years in anything. Uh, and, um, and so she says to me, she takes, she's got her 12-year medallion on her key ring, and she takes it off her key ring, and she gives it to me, and she says, you've got to make it to 12 days. And if you need a chip for every day, then we're going to get you a chip for every day. And I made it to 12. And I don't know what it was, but there was something about telling on myself. And there was something about asking for help and asking for help and asking for help and asking for help. And um, after that, that lady that would take me to meetings, uh, I remember um, right after that, the next meeting that she took me to, I remember looking over at her and thinking to myself, she looks happy. And 
she's really thin. And so I asked her to be my sponsor because I wanted that. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be thin. And I figured if somebody would, if I, if I needed somebody who was going to tell me what to do, I would listen to her. So I asked her if she would, I asked her if she sponsored, and she said yes. And I asked her if she would be my sponsor, and she said yes. And we started doing the work. And, um, um, and obviously I made it past 10 days, and obviously I made it past 12 days and obviously I made it past 30 and 60 and 90 and one year and two years and five years um, and uh, God willing uh, March 8th of uh, 2018 I'll have a decade so I met with my sponsor and she says to me um, okay let's define your abstinence like happy all the time it's very weird uh, <laughs> she said let's define your abstinence and I'm like okay and she asked me what's the one thing you want to stop doing but can't one thing that you want to stop doing but can't I'm like I can't stop growing up and she said okay that's your abstinence and then she said uh, you have to stay 10 steps before the perch and I didn't know what she meant and she said, uh, and if you ask her today, uh, she will deny that she said this, but I, she said this. <laughs> I swear she said it. And uh, she, um, uh, or what, what I heard was, uh, if I get to the point where I'm, my head is already in the toilet, it's too late. If I get to the point where I'm already on my way to the toilet, it's too late. So I need to stay 10 steps before the purge, which means I don't binge and I don't starve and I don't overexercise and I don't do drugs and I don't take laxatives and I don't um, count calories and I don't uh, weigh myself and uh, three other things that I'm forgetting. Um, and it, it, it doesn't mean that I don't overeat sometimes. It doesn't mean that I don't undereat sometimes. It doesn't mean that I don't uh, have uh, a hobby that happens to be a physical activity that I love, um, which is like hiking 20 miles. So uh, I'm a work in progress, clearly. And, um, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect. Or does it? Because what does that mean anyways? Right? What does that mean? In my head, perfect, perfect eating and perfect, uh, a perfect body would still land me in these rooms. Um, what I do know is that for right here, right now, I am right where I'm supposed to be. Right where I'm supposed to be. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be somewhere else in 10 years uh, with regards to my recovery or, um, or if I'm still going to be uh, here. Uh, what I do know is that I can't get anywhere that I want to be until I first am where I am. It's impossible. And uh, so for all intents and purposes, I am perfect, right? Maybe not in my mind, maybe not in your mind, but in my higher power's mind, I'm perfect. And, um, and, and that's got to be good enough for me today.
uh, I remember my sponsor, um, uh, we, we had those things set, and then she said I had to do all of this stuff, like pray and meditate and go to meetings and call people and write and be a, take service commitments and uh, get a, uh, have a food plan and have an action plan. And I didn't really understand how that was going to make me thin and make my life wonderful. How's that going to get me thin? Um, and quite honestly, I'm, I'm, it's, what I didn't know back then is that it has, and somebody uh, mentioned it earlier, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with what I weigh or what I eat. It all has to do with how I live and how I walk through life. I um, had mentioned earlier that it was hard at first. Um, and so uh, for the newcomers who are in this room or any newcomers who are listening, for me, it was <coughs> hard. It was a lot of work. And it felt like I was in some kind of recovery dungeon for the first two years. Not to scare anybody away or anything like that. Uh, but that's what it felt like to me, you know. And quite often I would go to my sponsor and tell her, it's not working. My life is not getting better. And uh, she would make me do some writing on what it was like when I came in and what it was like uh, at that moment and um, to help me see. And uh, it would help me see a little bit, right, and just give me enough to move forward um, do a little bit more work, and then, like, a week later, I would call her again and be like, it's not working, <laughs> and, uh, and, and it kind of went that way, and I'm sure that things changed, and I'm sure that other people saw, um, that things were changing in me, that I was changing, um, but, um, but I didn't see it, and until I saw it, until I had a shift in my perspective on, how I viewed my world and myself and my God, um, it still felt to me like it wasn't working. And But here's the thing. That shift came. It came. And life got better. And, uh, um, and I repaired my relationships with my parents. I repaired that relationship with myself. I repaired my relationship and got a new one with, uh, with a higher power that makes sense to me. And, um, and then life started to happen. Um, all kinds of wonderful things have happened since I've been abstinent. And all kinds of horrible, tragic things have happened since I got abstinent. And I've been abstinent the whole time and never has it occurred to me that I need to throw up never it has occurred to me that I'm supposed to laugh it has occurred to me that I'm supposed to cry it has, has occurred to me that I need to talk to somebody else but it has never occurred to me to destroy me anymore 
I'd like to think that at the core of my issue is really two things. Two things. One, I don't want to be present. I don't want to be here standing up at this podium right now talking to you guys. I don't. I don't want to be here. I want to be an hour ago or uh, next Tuesday. But I definitely don't want to be here. And two, I think that I cost too much money, I take up too much space, and I'm not worth the air that I breathe. So the way in which I escape is destructive. It, is, it destroys me, and it destroys everyone around me. And I had to learn in this program without drugs or food or throwing up or any of those destructive things that uh, I can walk through life, that I can be present and feel those feelings, um, and I can get through anything. And every time something has happened, I've had to do more work, unfortunately. Every time there's been some kind of crazy, tragic incident in my life, I have had to do more work to help me get through it and every time I'm in it it feels like the entire world is dark and horrible and it's never going to end and it's never going to get better and this stuff doesn't work and every time I get to that place where I have a shift and I see things differently and things change I feel like why didn't I do that work sooner? <laughs> what was I waiting for? This is so fantastic. And what I mean by that, and I, or just to give you an example of what that is, and I always end with this story. Um, uh, when things shift and get better for me, they get better in a way, when I can see them get better and when I shift, they get better in, in, in such a way, and I change my perspective so much that it is like, I don't know, it goes from like the sky being gray to it just like um, being lavender and the sun coming out, you know, and the heavens opening up and unicorns coming down with glitter kisses and it is just like like it's unbelievable when I get to that point um, and uh, uh, to give you an example of what that's like about three years into my abstinence my mom died suddenly and I was lost my entire world went dark I didn't see the point of anything and I didn't know where she went, she was just gone. She was just gone. And my sponsor said I had to do a bunch of writing. And so, um, so I did. And I started writing, and I started writing, and it wasn't getting any better, you know. And, um, and she said, just keep writing. And so I kept writing, and I kept writing, and it wasn't getting any better. And, um, uh, and I remember there was this one day when um, I open up my journal and I'm about to write and uh, I say um, I say to my mom 
I say to her, Mom, where are you? Where are you? I don't believe in heaven or hell or any of that stuff. She was just gone. She was just gone. And I kid you not. I kid you not. And I have proof right here. People bring pictures. I bring my journal. <laughs> um, I open up my journal. And right there on the last page it says, there's a poem that says, I am there. And the last line of the poem, I can't see because I'm crying, says, I am there, intertwined in the essence of you. My mom had written this. So I'll leave you with this. If you think this program isn't working, if you think that all the stuff that you're doing isn't getting you anywhere. Make one more phone call. Go to one more meeting. Turn one more page in that journal. Because something crazy is about to happen. Thank you. What is your relationship like with God today? Just please repeat the question. So the question was, what is your relationship um, like with God today? My higher power is uh, the, what I've come to believe is the force that helps me stay present. And... Uh, and all of the tools and all of the steps uh, are those things that help me connect to that force to help me stay present. Um, how I feel about God and my higher power right this very second right now is I'm not too happy with him. And I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. And... Um, all I know is I need to keep doing the work and I need to keep doing, um, all of the tools and working my steps so that I can get to a place where I have that connection again. Um, and because of what had happened before with this, journal, I know that that's going to happen again. And it's a wonder that I keep getting asked to speak because it reminds me every single time, do not give up. Keep going. Does that answer your question? Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Uh, the question was, uh, what is your daily practice of this program and what does your spiritual program look like? Um, I like to think that uh, I work a horrible program 
and <laughs> that everybody else works a better program than I do. Uh, so um, I, I don't know, but I uh, I work on whatever step that I'm working on. Uh, I just finished my ninth step. Um, so if I have amends to send out or um, request to meet somebody for that, that was what was on my plate recently. Um, I get down on my knees uh, for the past three days in a row uh, because I'm having that issue with God uh, to reconnect um, and pray. And uh, I am trying to get back me into meditation. And... Uh, and that's my time. So, thank you.